listening to Real Talk SLP with your host, Felice Clark, the Deviling Speechy. This is a show to help speech pathologists navigate the SLP world with real-life stories to celebrate therapy successes and how to persevere when failure comes knocking on your door. Hello, SLPs. We are on episode 12 of the Real Talk SLP podcast, and I am your host, Felice Clark, the dabbling speechy. I'm a school-based speech-language pathologist who loves to help SLPs with efficiency and helping their students be engaged with the lessons and just helping you work um, with students well without losing your mind and being less stressed because I like that. I, I don't want everyone leaving their job defeated. Um, I know these days many SLPs are feeling defeated because we are in I don't know what week of distance learning anymore. And some of us are, you know, we're getting closer to the summer break and others of us have still have seven weeks. And there's private practice clinicians who you're like, I work all summer long. So if I have to do teletherapy all summer long, I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> and I, there's many days where I just don't even have, I don't have the words to say something encouraging because I know we're all struggling and it all comes in waves. And one day you're like, we can do this and you're filled with just like strength. And then the next day you're just depleted. And if one more person says, it's going to be okay, you're going to throw something at the wall, right? You know, so it's just a lot of times I just don't have the words um, except to say like, I'm sorry. Like if I, when I hear about some of the work environments you guys are in right now, um, you already were kind of in, you know, stressful situations, overworked, high caseloads, and then this is kind of dumped on your lap. And it's it's hard because at the end of the day, we care about our students. We love our students. We want to go above and beyond for our students, but we're also being, we want to do these things while being asked to do an unmanageable workload. And it's such like this balance of you know, doing your best and also letting go um, of the things you can't do or having control. And I know that's like very unique for all of us. And so I hope you're hanging in there. And, you know, this week, whenever you're listening that, you know, I hope it gets better or it's been going great. I hope you can enjoy that. But we are going to be talking today about uh, co-teaching virtually. (laughs) And I never thought I was going to actually continue doing co-teaching when I found out our school was going to be closed for the rest of the year. I really didn't. I thought I would be doing distance learning, weekly activities, consult with parents, you know, kind of doing what was outlined by the district. Um, we, My district is not, you know, having us do teletherapy. That doesn't mean that we are not supporting parents through virtual means if necessary. We're doing more of a consult model and helping support um, kids at home. And I didn't even really know, like I was kind of going, I don't even know what this is going to look like. And a lot of my families are still, they still had jobs. They're still working. They're a little, you know, they're stressed out. They're trying to take care of their child with special needs and pro- with siblings. And, you know, it's a lot. And and then there's also other 
um, equity issues. Like not every family has printers. It took a little bit of time to make sure everyone had computers. So there was just a lot of hoops to get through. And even myself, who I consider myself like a decently techie person, I had to jump through hoops with technology, uh, with my own kids and with myself. I mean, it was, you know, it's a lot. So I kept going back and forth with like, okay, I don't want to overwhelm, but I also want to be available. And so I found after collaborating with the two special ed teachers that I work with, we cover the K-1 mod severe autism and the 1-2 mod severe autism classrooms. We decided that one way we could really help empower parents is by offering two class meetups a week and just kind of combine our classes together, help plan the lessons together so we're not alone. Um, and, and this can be the vehicle for helping our parents feel successful getting on Zoom calls. Um, if they, you know, the parents are going to be there, so they're going to see what we're, what we're doing, what the lessons look like, to see what strategies we do with the students. And then after that, we can connect with the parents if they have questions or if they want to talk separately. Um, this is a way for us to be able to do that. And, and it felt like we were working smarter, not harder, because I think there is a lot that goes be- goes on in trying to set up a Zoom meeting, you know, invite, reminding the parent, waiting on the Zoom call. I mean, it's a lot of work. And then I had even met up with certain students to try to virtually with their parents to just, you know, the parents had reached out after I kept inviting like, hey, if you want to do a console, you know, and some of my students, even the ones that were verbal or non, you know, I have nonverbal students, I have verbal students, I have kids kind of all on the spectrum. Um, they, they kind of struggled to be on screen and to pay attention. And so when it's just me and the student, it really, I felt like, it could be a little bit more productive. And what we found with the class meetups was that the kids really like it. <laughs> and um, the ones that can express that, they tell us that, you know, and the ones that are um, not able to use words per se, they tell us that with their smiles um, or with by showing us pictures of yes or no or what they think. So we, we enjoyed it. And um if you haven't, you know, I think there's a lot of myths out there about push-in services, but push-in is really, um, I think the term we put on it, but it really is an umbrella of services. It's a continuum. There's, you know, it's not one size fits all, and it's not just me going into the classroom and teaching a lesson in front of the class. And so right now, whether you believe it or not, you are implementing collaborative services because so many of you are coaching parents with how to implement things at home. And so I will link in the show notes um, the blog post that outlines the different types of collaborative services. And so the one that I'm that I'm going to talk about today is co-teaching, where we all have a role to play. We're all teaching together. We're teaching the same um, type of material, but we all kind of have different roles while we're doing it together. And so what I did, and this is kind of what I've done, what I do normally in the classroom and what my other teachers do, is we have a schedule, we have a format, but it allows, it's generic, it's it's structured enough so that you, the kids know what to expect, but it's it's generic enough that you can be flexible 
and creative with what you plan so that you can interchange materials and activities while keeping it similar for your friends that need that routine. And so one way that I did that, um, you'll have access to the Google Slide templates that I made. I really like Google Slide. I kind of, I liked it back when we were in real person um, because I can send things that I've created to my teachers if I'm at home, if I'm at a different school, you know, they can access it. Um, I can share it easily. And, and then I can even share this in view format to parents. So it makes it very friendly to be used by many people. And I made a template. So we start off the day or the meetup with a slide for greetings. And there's visual supports on there for the greeting. Um, and then we sing the hello song. So those two slides always stay the same. And then I have a slide that I created that I, we share on the screen. And oh, that was the other thing I liked about these. Um, for my students that, um, or if there's tech issues, and I totally had some tech issues the first time we did the class meetup. That's another story. Um, all the teachers have the slides so someone can share it if my screen or some or my internet's not working very good so we all have access so then we share the slide listen to the book and that has what the behavioral expectations are for listening to a book like you have to have a zero volume your ears need to be listening to the words of the story you need to raise a hand if you have a question and then we went into the book now we use the unique curriculum which is a really great curriculum that has pre-made activities and books and then extension activities that go with the theme for the month, all prepped kind of for you. You have to print them out and prep them, but you can also use them digitally. So we either plan through that and we did that the first week. And then the second week we did in the tall, tall grass. And we had a lot of fun with that activity too. So we read the book, the teacher always asks the kids after she reads a book, did you like the story? And this covers answering yes or no questions. So we go around the group and we ask, did you like the book? And they get to tell us or touch their go talk or, you know, point to the icon that the teacher holds up on the screen, screen, yes or no. And then after that, we go into the extension. Oh, and I, sorry, I forgot to mention before we listen to the book, one of the teachers, one of her jobs for our lesson is to find some of the sing-along YouTube videos that the kids like, like the weather song or what other, whatever songs they like to sing in the morning meeting. She adds those into the lesson. So we do that before the book. And then I'm in charge of creating like a communication language activity. So because the story in April was all about this little boy who was doing chores to earn money so he could get his toy, and it was all about money and doing chores to earn, I went around my house and I found things that people could, you know, would you want to buy this item? Like a ball popper, bubbles, candy, a funny, this goofy headband that my daughter had. So I gathered all these things and I put them in a mystery bag and I said, I have an item. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to know if you would buy this item. And I showed it up to the screen and then on the screen, the shared screen was a yes icon and a no icon and a visual sentence frame for, I want to buy 
blank. And so the kids had to share their opinion, which is an expansion of, you know, it's a function of communication. Um, it's, it's a little different than requesting. They had to answer a yes, no question. Um, if you have kids that are a little bit higher, you could even have them ask friends, hey, would you buy this item? Um, and then a lot of my kids have goals to expand the item. And then during that time, you can coach parents, hey, do this game at home with your family, with your kids, and have them describe some of the items that they would buy or that they've bought. And you can work on category groups. What does it do? All that kind of stuff. So then after we did that activity, we always say goodbye. So I have a goodbye slide for that. And, and then one thing that I did that was really cool was I, I had an activity in Seesaw for this easy water sensory bin that was like, I thought it would be perfect for my families to work on in and out, turn taking, sharing, empty, full. And so I put a picture of the of the sensory bin in the Google slide presentation as just a friendly reminder like, hey guys, just remember, there's a really fun activity this week. If you want to do it, all you, you know, this is what you have to do. You can check it out in Seesaw. I put a link here and there. And, and it did increase the engagement with the families. There was a few more families that completed the sensory bin and actually took a picture of them doing it. So that was really awesome to see. And so, yeah, that's basically it in a nutshell. Um, if I'll put a link to the blog post where you can get the Google Slide template so you can use it. What's great about it is you will be you will be asked to make a copy. And then once you make a copy, that is like your master Google slide. So you can make more copies every time that you decide to change the theme or what you want in the presentation. Um, so each week we make a new copy from the master and then take out slides, add new songs, make new visuals, et cetera, et cetera. And what else I like about Google Slides before I sign off here is that when you put in, like if let's say you wanna read a book and you have a YouTube read aloud, you can put a link in your Google Slide and you don't have to be fumbling around on YouTube trying to find the video that you need. So it helps you feel prepared and confident what's going to happen next in your lesson. And I think right now we all need that feeling of what's going to happen next, right? So um, if you have any questions about Google Slides and, you know, technology, things like that, reach out to me on social media and let me know what your questions are because I do have a YouTube video channel where I am putting up tutorials for different technology things like Seesaw and Google Classroom and how to change your virtual background, all those types of things because it is a little overwhelming. And if you want to see how to do something with Google Slides, I can make a video for that as well. So I hope this was helpful. If you decide to do a co-class meetup, of course I want to know what you're doing. I want you to send me your ideas. Tag me on Instagram or on Facebook because like someone sent me one of the things they did and I thought it was perfect and I said, I might just have to borrow that because <laughs> it was a great idea. So I love hearing from you guys on what you're doing to serve your students well. So don't be shy. Um, let me know. Uh, and I hope 
that this was helpful. If you have questions about co-teaching virtually, uh, reach out because I may not always know the perfect answer, but I can at least try to steer you with some guidance and maybe we can problem solve together and I can put what you're learning in my back pocket. <laughs> Anyways, um, thanks for another great episode on the Real Talk SLP podcast. Just remember be the SLP that every kid wants to see and have a great week. Stay inspired, SLPs. I'll see you later. Uh-huh.